This is Twa Team's One Street from the Evening Telegraph. The only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. On this episode, will Lawrence Shankland be extending his stay at Dundee United? What West Ham team will the face? And we reveal our competition winner. Hello, I'm Callum Woodger and welcome to another edition of Twa Teams One Street. As ever, I am joined by George Cran. Hello. And Graham Finnan is here as well. Hello everyone. Bear, how's it going? Give us a weather update. You were out on the golf course yesterday. Yeah, Not bad. Yeah, well, the, the sun is out at the moment, Callum, but there's, uh, there's a big black cloud on the horizon and it's called the Euro Championship <laughs> final on Sunday. <laughs> and, uh, you know, after, after watching all the... The exploits last night, you know, we've got to wait and see if the Italians can do us a big favour, a big favour <laughs> on this side of the border and uh, finally bring England's run to a halt. But we'll live in hope, Callum, we'll live in hope. I was going to sort of briefly dust over that um, later on yeah. in the show, but we might as well get out of the way now. Yeah, we'll come back um, No, 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 let's get out of the way. Okay, let's get, right yeah, right good, let's get, let's get it right out of the yeah, way, Callum. Get out of the road <laughs> and then we'll hopefully try and end on a positive, happy note. But um, George, obviously, we're talking about the... Euro 2020 final here. It's going to be Italy against England after England cheating their way through the Denmark game last <laughs> night. Um, <laughs> what would you make it? What'd you make of the final? Who's who? You, who you hoping? Well, I know. I know who you're hoping is going to win it, but but how do you think it's going to go? I, I think we should just cancel it now, just to be safe. To be honest, <laughs> it's, it's it's too much. You can't switch on the TV. You can't look. You can't look online. It's just everywhere. Yeah, doing my head in. Um, I, I think Italy have been the best team. Anyway, so I I I think they're the favourites. I don't think England have had the obviously the hardest of runs, and it helps when the referee helps you out as well. And then you get a bit of luck from missing the penalty, and it falls falls in your lap. But uh, no, I, I I really like the way Italy go about it. Uh, it may well come down to England having a better striker than they do, though. That's my big worry. Yeah, they certainly have. It's the thing, it's frustrating. Um, they've got some really good players, players that I like, players that I've got a lot of time for, and, uh, you know, really like Gareth Southgate. I said a lot, you know, he, he seems like a nice guy. He does, he does, and it does it does help. Yeah. Um, the kind of boogeymen of, of the English media, it makes them seem not so bad when the, the team and the manager aren't, um, aren't, you know, kind of hate figures that are actually quite likeable. So, um <laughs> You know, it's, it's it's the difficult one. Obviously, you you don't want to see England win. I I, I feel uh, Italy, like you say, do have um, a little bit more about them as a team. Um, England are maybe they've they've been quite reliant on a few things this this tournament. I'd say so far with the playing near enough every game at Wembley and not having to travel very much. Uh, quite an easy half of the draw. I think Raheem Sterling's been an inspired for him. I know he yeah. took a big tumble last night, but <laughs> he has been brilliant. Um, that has helped them. They have they have sort of relied on him quite a wee bit. And uh, unfortunately, Harry Kane seems to be finding a wee bit of form and confidence at the at the wrong time from a, a Scotland perspective. We talk about it like Scotland are actually involved in the game, but <laughs> um, it's just one of those peculiarities <laughs> of like football that like every, every time England are up in a massive game, it's... Um, it's it's a nervous uh, time for us. Bear, um, what about yourself? What are you hoping for um, on Sunday? What am I hoping for? Do you need that? Well, I know what you're hoping for, but <laughs> specifically a good, a thumping, a 4-0 Italy yeah. win and they all rip off their Gucci, yeah, yeah. Armani suits and knee slide the turf and all that and go after that. I think, I think uh, George is right. I think Italy right from the start have been fantastic and I think there's no doubt about this will be England's biggest test. Certainly, defensively 
You know, I don't think anyone has really touched England defensively at all. Uh, the game last night against against Denmark, I thought the Danes were terrific in the first half and showed their real quality, but they showed their lack of depth of quality when the manager started making yeah. substitutions. They didn't have the same hmm. uh, impact, you know, when they were bringing on. It was a strange move to bring on three substitutes in one go. It just shows you felt these teams were running out of steam a wee bit, but the guys that came on to replace the guys that went off didn't do the same sort of job. And from that point on, England controlled controlled that match last night. And I've got to say, I, I think if anyone was going to win it, it was going to be them. But they did use up a fair, their fair share of luck along the way. Um, I think the Danes' best chance was probably going to penalties. Yeah. And you would have put money on them on penalties with, with a guy like Schmeichel in the goal. But hmm. as, as England are through, and the, but that, the, to me, they are facing the best team in the tournament that, that, that I've seen. It will be their their biggest test. I, I would say, suggest to George that Chiesa is a match at this point in time for Harry Kane in the competition. Fair enough, yeah. um, you know, uh, so it, it's all down to sort of the 90 minutes or the 120 minutes. I think personally, I think England's only hope, and I mean this seriously, I think England's only chance of beating Italy is on penalties. I think <laughs> Italy are a better team, all-around team. I think they've got, uh, Gareth Southgate has done a fantastic job for England. There's no doubt about that. He's, he's, He's brought together a group. England were always sort of factions, I think. If you look at the, the way it was in the past, it was always the Liverpool players, the Manchester United players, the Arsenal players. He's brought them all together under the one umbrella and it's, it takes a lot of skill to do that. And he's got them playing really well. I think Raheem Sterling is is their main danger. I think he scares the life out of defenders with, with, with his pace, but I don't think you, you'll see him getting so much of the ball um, against the Italians. I don't think that Italians would be so rash if he goes into the box to, to allow him to get in a situation where he can throw himself to the ground <laughs> and claim penalty. Mm, um, no, they're not. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I think it will be a tight game, but my money's still on Italy um, to keep everyone north of the border happy here. So you think um, it's England's best chance of winning the first major final final appearance in, what, 55 years? Yes. Is a penalty shootout. Um, yes, a team managed by Gareth Southgate. Yes, I, 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 honestly, <laughs> yes, I honestly believe that. Because and the reason the reason I say that is come because I think over 120 minutes if it goes to that, that Italy will beat them. If it goes to penalties, you know, it is it's a, it's a, an absolute lottery, and I don't care how many people, uh, you know, you do the training sessions and you and you, you you try to prepare yourself as much as possible. Nobody can prepare you for that sort of pressure walking from the halfway line in a Euro Championship final. You know, to take a to take a penalty kick, nobody can prepare you for that yeah. sort of the heat that's on. And you see the best players in the world. You saw Harry Kane last night. You know, uh, you would have put your money on Harry Kane to score because he's the one man you would expect to to, to stick it in the, in the onion bag from that sort mm. of range. And it was it wasn't a particularly good penalty. To be fair, I think Smeichel covered it. Smeichel knew he was going to that corner. The one thing I would say is he was actually too early. He went because he was so far across. He was he was past the ball, and that's why when mm-hmm. the save was made, it actually came back into play. If he'd been stretching, yeah. that ball would have went out in that's the other angle. It's but just it's just it's just the way. It, I mean, it was a great save, but it's, it's just England's luck on the right went, and uh, yeah, they're through. And so we've all got to just sort of watch behind the city on Sunday yeah. night now and wait and see what yeah, happens. He's a terrific goalkeeper, Casper um, Michael. I have to say, very underrated. He's been magnificent all tournament. Gigi Donnarumma is another one who I think's been been brilliant as well for. For Italy, he's a really talented guy, a young guy, but lots of experience. Mm-hmm. So, yes, um, I'd like to think if it goes to penalty, he'd he'd save a few. I think he's a better keeper than Jordan Pickford, but yep. um, you know, if you put it right in the corner or you smash it down the middle, it's you know nobody can save it, so it doesn't matter. Jordan Pickford. I mean, can I just say about Jordan Pickford? He looks to me every time you look at him, you look as though he's had two or three tins of Red Bull and a pack of Smarties <laughs> before he's actually going on the pitch. He's absolutely bouncing about in that goal mouth, and the ball isn't near him. You know, he, he just looks a bit. <laughs> 
I, I mean, I like him as a goalkeeper. I think he, when he's on his game, he's fine. But dearie me, he, he looks as though he's, you know, he's certainly, he needs to calm down a wee bit, I think, no, at times. No, no, okay, I'll pass that on to Jordan next time I speak to him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> lay off the Red Bull and the Smarties, Jordan. That's enough, son. <laughs> um, but, you know, before we move on, obviously, I think it's uh, it's important to say how well Denmark did actually to get to the semi-finals and what a ping from Mikkel Damsgaard, yeah. by the way, for the, for the, was the free kick. wasn't it? Unbelievable striking. Um, all this say uh, against the backdrop of Christian Eriksen's um, cardiac arrest in the in the first game in the championships against Finland. Obviously, they've managed to yeah um, get this far with with that hanging over them. It probably is motivation a lot of the time as well. You have to say, but Callum, Callum, tell me this: we've got them, we've got them in the group, Callum, haven't we? Scotland, yeah, we've got them. Yeah, yeah, in the World yeah. Cup. I think yeah. I think no. we were we were sort of giving ourselves a wee bit of a chance. I was looking at Denmark <laughs> last night in the first half, and they were outstanding. Mm. The way they keep the ball, Callum. So that's what Scotland are attempting. They're trying to go down that route. But if you watch the Danes. The way they pass it under pressure, you know, and and they can build up from it. As in Scottish football, we seem to be capable of keeping it under pressure, working our way back to the goalkeeper for a big punt up the park. Yeah. We've not quite mastered keeping it and going forward with it. That's that's the difference. But no, Denmark were fantastic. And after what happened, yeah, all credit to them. I think they've been a they've been a real credit to the competition. Okay, moving on, we will get right into the nitty-gritty of Twa Teams One Street and start with Dundee United. Um the Terrors had their first pre-season well first proper pre-season game um on Saturday a 4-1 win away at Brecon and Nicky Clark with a hat-trick Peter Paul with the other goal Ian Davidson a uh, familiar name on on this patch um scoring the goal for for Brecon they go into their first competitive game of the season on Friday night it's a cup clash at Kelty Hearts the Premier Sports Cup or the Betfair Cup or the CIS Cup or whatever you're calling it <laughs> um that'll kick off Tam Courts's uh, reign is uh, United boss going into that game, George? Um, you think the Terrors are looking in decent shape? Yeah, I mean a four-one win. That's exactly what you're after, really. In a pre-season friendly, you got one of your strikers full of confidence already, which mm-hmm. is which is perfect heading into the the competitive stuff. Um, and even conceding a goal, I think, can be a good thing at this point of the season because it maybe shows something where we need to sharpen up on. Uh, when it, when the real ball comes out and uh, and it kind of keep the defence on their toes and all that st- sort of stuff. No, real interest to see how the new era kicks off. To be honest, on Friday uh, with Tam Courts and what kind of changes he he might have made. There's not obviously a huge amount of change in, in terms of personnel, but yeah. just in the way the team go about their business uh, and want to see an uh, attack in United uh, side. That's what I'd like to see. Um, Kelty are a good team as well. I think they'll be a be a test for United. I know there's three leagues. What was the three leagues? Four leagues between them. I can't count. But um, there's a difference in the the levels they're at. But Kelty, they showed last season that they they're a well set up team. They've got some dangerous players. I think it could be quite a, an entertaining game to kick off the season. And obviously, it'd be good to see some fans back at a Dundee United game as well. Yeah, and you've got this sort of like subplot. As well, bear going on where Tam Courts is going back to mm-hmm. his former club um, for his first game. That, that'll be an interesting one. It's obviously a team and a club he knows well, so that you'd imagine should benefit United going into it. He knows kind of roughly what he's going to be facing, but um, they've got some good players there at Kelty. Uh, Kevin Thompson, of course, former Dundee yeah. midfielder. He's, yeah. he's he's brought in some guys like Joe Cardo, and there was guys like Nathan Austin there. It's 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 a quality team. It's not really like a League Two team they're going to be going up against. No, I mean, and it shows the the finance that's behind Kelty as well. To get somebody like Kevin Thompson as manager and the players he's been allowed to sign, 
Um, there's quite a few League Two clubs who'd like to have that cash to, to splash. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's great. And it's a, can you believe this is a season the way to kick off again? I know, I know, it's, I know <laughs> it's the sort of old League Cup or a Premier Premier Sports Cup, as we're calling it, which is called. Um, yeah, <laughs> so Tam Court's going back to his old club as fate would have it. And George is right. Uh, you know, the personnel hasn't changed. It'll be interesting to see how United do actually set up. Um, and he's going to be under the spotlight straight away, Tam Court. So, you know, he's he's really under pressure to get off to a good start. You, you, you don't want to be stuttering in, in his situation. So, you know, you need, need to really hit the ground running. And as, as good as sort of Kelly have sort of done in the transfer window, you know, bringing in all these players, you would still expect Dundee United to see them off. And uh, But it'll be a tough game. It'll, it'll be a tough game. You're, you're over there. I mean, I remember uh, playing against Kelly Hearts years ago when they were in the, the old junior leagues and, it was, it's a nice setup, but I think they've, they've, now, they've now obviously got the Asseter's pitch over there, so United will have to counter yeah. that. Um, but most of these clubs are used to used to playing on that now anyway, so it shouldn't really be an issue. Um, it's, it's good to see that, uh, obviously, the, the friendly Nicky Clark, I'm absolutely delighted for him, but he's the, he is the unsung hero, I think, of Dundee United, Nicky Clark. You know, he went about last season, had a great start, you know, banging in goals when Shanklin wasn't getting goals. Mm-hmm. Stepped up to the plate, you know. Obviously, he's had his injury problems, but he comes back. Here he is. He gets a three in a family. And Nicky Clark is a bit of a streaky sort of player, you know. He, he gets goals in batches, and um, so United will hope that you know he's going to go over the next sort of five or six games. He can keep firing for them. So, yeah, great. But great is kicking off, and we're all looking forward to it, Callum. Yeah, I wasn't outbreaking myself, but I'm reliably informed by our colleague Ewan Smith that United were, were playing pretty well. You know, obviously, you, you go to breaking, they've just been relegated to. Mm-hmm. League two, you know, you just you have to win the game. You have to win it strongly. That's that's great. There's no, you know, shouting about it. But but the way they were playing was was what you know gets me hopeful. As after last season under Mickey Mellon, it's not a, not a slight on Mickey. I think he he, he did the job he was asked to do yeah. in keeping Dundee United in the Premiership. But it wasn't the most exciting to watch. It it wasn't the most expansive attacking football. But it looks like um, Tam Cox is going to try and uh, get the ball down and get guys like Pollock, Clark, Shankland, um, all kind of. And you know, interchanging and, and and moving about fluidly in that final third. That's that's certainly what the fans want to see, and um, it'll certainly make life easier as a reporter if we've got uh, some exciting games and wins to to report on. <laughs> um, looking at team news for for the game at, at New Central Park on Friday night, Louis Apri, Ryan Edwards, Jamie Robson, and Adrian Sporla are going to miss out. Edwards and Robson, although they are working their way back from fitness, are suspended as well. They're carried over from um, red cards they received at near the end of last season. Um, Louis Apere and Adrian Spoiler kind of like knock sniggles um, with them. I believe Louis Apere is a thigh and um, Adrian Spoiler is a calf or an ankle. I can't remember exactly what Adrian's is, but um, it should give kids the chance to maybe get in the team. George, we've seen it a wee bit in pre-season. We've seen guys like um, Flynn Duffy, who we've maybe not heard too much about um, down the years. Obviously, you know him quite well from playing futsal against mm. some guys like that might get a chance. That left-back spot is open for a guy like Flynn to come in and and take his opportunity. It's something that we'd heard a lot about when Tamco's got the job. Is he is going to throw opportunities the way of, of young guys? Well, that, that's the kind of opportunity a, a young up-and-coming player is absolutely crying out for. Uh, not in a bad way to see your teammates get injured, but mm-hmm. just when an opening arrives like that, that's where you have to come in and, and really take your chance. And I've, I've no doubt that well, having attempted to chase young Flynn around the futsal court <laughs> for a, a few years yeah. <laughs> uh, I've no doubt he'll take it with with, with two hands um, I, I, I saw a wee clip of one of the, I think he set up a goal in one of the games in the past week mm-hmm. 
or at least set up Nicky Clark to set up the goal like that. I, a second assist. Memory's terrible, but um, yeah. But he looked he looked like he's in the what? How long have we been stuck in lockdown? Uh, in the past year and a bit, it seems to he looks like he's he's, he's really kind of filled out a bit, mm. and he, he looks like he's more ready for uh, for first team match than, than than maybe he was when he was playing against joggers like me <laughs> in the futsal court. When he was, I think he was still sixteen or yeah, something. So. Yeah. Um, so no, I'd be really. I'd, It'd be great to be able to see him out uh, playing, uh, making his debut for for United. And it's, we've talked about it a lot. It's definitely the way United have kind of set themselves up over the past years uh, under the, the the American regime is to bring through their own talent yeah. and really put a lot of money and effort into building the academy. And, and that's so. It'd be great to see that come to fruition and some players come up, not just for effect you know to actually come in and affect the team and be able to improve the team and, and help Dundee United win games that, that'd be the ideal thing so that's another thing I'm really looking forward to seeing on Friday what new players uh, might get to see for the new season absolutely uh, well there you go Jordan Pickford's been on the Red Bull and the Smarties and Flynn Duffy's been on the protein <laughs> shakes and the steaks and the eggs <laughs> and all that like so <laughs> Good on him. No, no, you're, you're quite right. You're quite right. He seems to have um, filled out. Hopefully, he gets his, his chances. There's plenty of other kids in and around the the first team as well. As you know, Kerr Smith, Kai Fotheringham, Lewis Nielsen. I'm sure we'll see. Um, you know, maybe a couple of those guys um, on Friday night. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, looking away from the pitch, um, Lawrence Shankland, excitingly enough, has been in contract talks um, at Tanadice, looking to, to to maybe sign an extension there. Um, but he's also saying he's keeping his options open. He has a year left to go on his current agreement um, with the Tangerines. Of course, he's 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 a guy who's been you know, sought after in the past and maybe just not quite worked out for him in terms of getting his move bare. But mm-hmm. um, encouraging for for United that they could maybe you know even if they don't hold on to him, they maybe if they can extend his contract, yeah. they maybe be able to get a wee bit of you know you know there's a bit of time there they bought themselves yeah. to maybe you know sell him further down the line rather than losing him for nothing and. In, in January or next summer. That that's definitely it, Callum. That's that's it. What you get, you get that protection that that he doesn't sort of sign a pre-contract with someone else at, at Christmas, and we all know what ultimately that could lead to. I'm just leaving at Christmas. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's it's an interesting time for the club and and fair play to them um, that they're in discussions and hopefully they're advanced advanced discussions and they're able to to offer Lauren Shankland uh, a new contract because we've, we've all heard that Dundee United, you know. Like every club in Scottish football, finances are tight, but the fact that they won't offer Lauren Shankland another deal, you would imagine it would be maybe probably a, a two-year contract. And by my reckoning, that would that would mean that United had invested over a, a seven-figure sum in Lauren Shankland. So that's a commitment that that club has made to the player. Mm-hmm. You know, and Lauren Shankland, as well as he's done, has become a very wealthy man on the back of one club at Dundee United. So, um, yeah, it's very interesting. And, uh, you know, it's... I'd be great. I think United fans would love to see it getting done because even though Lauren Shankland did not set the header on fire last season in the Premier League, he's still got, you know, he's still got his fair share of goals. He still looks a quality player. I think under Tam Courts is going to be even more interesting. Tam Courts might might free up the team a wee bit more to provide Lauren Shankland with ammunition, which he will thrive on. So you'd like to think as a Dunyan he would get even more goals. But if he's still sitting, not having signed a new deal, you just wonder. Where it where it's going, um, you know. But uh, 
yeah, it's. Uh, I'm glad to hear that talks are taking place, and I, and I really hope for Dundee United's sake they get they get something done. I suppose they'll be looking for a, a resolution in some way or another sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. George, this this is one you don't want. You don't want this rambling and rumbling on in the background, do you? You want to get it sorted. Whether he stays or whether he goes, you know, get it get it done now, preferably. Yeah, I think that goes for for, for any of the the big players that we've kind of discussed whether they might be moving on this summer. We talked about Seagrist, uh, mm-hmm. particularly from a from Tam Core's point of view. He wants to know what what players he's going to have available for the whole season, not just for the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah, exactly. I, I, I thought it was great news to, to hear that. The club and, and Shanklin are, are talking about extending his stay. Um, good news for the player because it gives him a bit of security going forward. Uh, good, and particularly for the club as well. That, as you say, that they're not going to lose him for for nothing in a year's time. Uh, and hope. I think um, he's, he's, last season we not scoring quite so many goals as maybe. Some of us would have expected just the, the kind of nature of things, the way the kind of United played. There wasn't too many chances for him. I, th- I think that the hope would maybe be a, a year down the line that if they can change the way they play, create more chances, he can score more goals, then yeah. they, they might have an even more saleable uh, asset in a year's time. And, and Lawrence gets a good move as well for himself. So I, th- I, th- I think it could work out well for both sides. Um, and I'm sure, uh, from his point of view, that United have really looked after him, as, as Bear said. So I'm sure there'll be a bit of loyalty from his his side of things that he maybe maybe wants to mm-hmm. stick around at United for for a wee bit longer as well. I think he seems like a well kind of grounded sort of boy that that's not going to go throwing the toys at the pram because he's not getting the move that he has ambitions in the future to get. Uh, he seems like quite a a patient guy that, that knows the game and, and knows what, what he can do, but also what he has to do to be able to get that move. So I think it was good news. So hopefully they can maybe, as you say, get that settled and then that that kills any any sort of kind of uncertainty over his future. Because when you're in your last year and you're a sealable asset, as, as United will see him, as then that's when the club will start thinking, oh, we need to try and make some money. Uh, before we lose him for nothing. Yeah, I think you mentioned there that he's he's um he's, he seems like quite a level-headed guy, and I think what we've seen over the last season, last year, is him on and off the pitch actually sort of maturing a wee bit. And that um the way his role was in the team last season, he had to maybe sacrifice being that number nine to do a lot of the kind of donkey work you'd say, you know, like chasing defenders down and link up play and hold up play and. Um, you know, if United are going to play a more attacking style this season, it might actually benefit him having more um, weapons in his arsenal, different facets to his game. Um, and then off the pitch as well, I think he has he's had to deal with the disappointment of not being involved with Scotland. So like mentally dealing with that, mm. he's he's became a dad quite recently as well. He seems quite happy and settled in Dundee um, with his partner and his his uh, his, his baby girl. So um, you know, it, it's, there's signs there that you know he would definitely be happy to remain at United for the time being. But obviously. From his own um, career point of view, from him as a young professional, he, he'll be wanting to play at the highest level he can, um, do as well as he can, play for, play for the biggest club he can. He's, he's at a big club now. He's, you know, we know he's on he's on reasonable money and, and he's having success. But he'll be wanting to kick on and and, and find what's right for him. So hopefully, um, you know, for the two parties, um, for the club and Lawrence, obviously he can he can, he can find a, a resolution that works for them. Um, and hopefully, you know, from a selfish point of view, it means Lawrence is, is hanging about for another season, and that United can still, um, you know, make a wee bit of a cash out of him next summer. Um, 
we'll see how that one unfolds. That one's rumbling on in the background. Elsewhere in the transfer market, um, former Dundee United target Liam Kelly has joined Motherwell. Danny Rogers, um, former Kelly and Aberdeen keeper, who's still training with the club. He got a little bit of game time in that breaking friendly. I think he played about half an hour. First thing I had to do when he came on was actually pick the ball at the net, but <laughs> we'll quickly gloss over that. But um, So United still looking at the, the goalkeeper situation and young defender Ross Graham has gone to the championship on loan. He's signed with Dunfermline for the season, so we wish him all the best there as well. He, he'd um, impressed for, for Cove, I think, in League One. Um, you know, last season I think he was young player of the year for them. So um so we step up for him, a wee challenge for him there. Um elsewhere, Tam Courts is saying that they're looking to get three or four more um people in to the club before the, the transfer window closes. Bear, do you think that's enough for United to get in three or four more bodies in? Well, obviously we're looking at it, they're definitely gonna need a goalkeeper, you'd imagine, and mm-hmm. then another another few more. Yeah, I mean and you always you always sort of worry if someone if Shankland decides his future is going to be elsewhere, if he will move on in that in that period, that would be that would be a real sore one for Tom Courts to try and figure out. You know, if he lost his goalkeeper, he lost his, his, his striker as well. But I'm sure that that they've got options there. They've got a list that, of people that are ready to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, and but you have to be aware that that, that could ha- that could happen right on sort of the start of the season. You leave yourself really really short. Um, but that's that's two areas. I mean. Where else? Where else do they actually need strengthening? I mean, I, I'm not so sure at, at Dundee United. You know, they seem to be pretty well covered in, in, in a lot of years. Obviously, you're always looking to improve your team, and maybe Tam Courts, maybe Tam Courts has got his eye on someone. We know we're, we know that that they lacked a wee bit of something in midfield in an attacking sense. Yeah. Uh, last season, so they're maybe looking to improve that area. I'm I'm really hoping that Logan Chalmers is is going to step up. I think he's ready to come on now, and hopefully he, his fitness is good and he can add something certainly in that attacking role uh, going forward. But maybe that's an area that, that he would try to improve. But um, I'm sure there will be. I'm sure there will be a, a, a few new faces arrive uh, between now and the, and the start of the the Premiership. We've had the first sort of set in stone proclamation of a target next season um, <laughs> for for Dundee United from Ian Harks yet again. The club targeting top six, George. Um, is that doable? Obviously, next season it's uh, more competition with the, the two teams coming up. We're going to go on and talk about Dundee in the next section, of course. But there's so many teams you wouldn't even rule Dundee out pushing for that top six because out with maybe three or four teams, it's it's wide open. Yeah, it's going to be a really tough premiership. It's probably or well, will be the strongest it's been what in a decade, probably. Yeah, yeah um, probably right. A long time. It's going to be really. A, a, yeah, I think it's going to be a really good league uh, next season. Um, United should certainly be targeting top six. That, that should they should be aiming high. Um, whether or not they can achieve that, you have to wait and see how they how they cope with the, the changing uh, head coach mm-hmm. uh, and see the effect that Tam Coates can can have on those players. Because obviously they were very close to getting it last season. Uh, how many points what one point was I think it? it was one point in the end they, they, was, they were a point behind before the split and then even when the season came to a close I think they ended up finishing I know it sort of skews things when it goes to the to the split but yeah. um, they were a, I think they finished a point behind St Johnston in fifth even though they finished ninth so that's the thing they were there or thereabouts St Mun were there or thereabouts Motherwell were Hearts are coming up Dundee are coming up it's it's, it's a competitive league Aye, and if you if, if you look at it purely on we finished one point off the, the top six last season and we didn't always play that well, particularly attacking wise. From my from 
Ian Harks and his teammates' point of view, they've got to think that they can better that mm-hmm. and get more points on the board, which is always what you want to do. You want to better last season's points tally. Um, I'd, I'm, I'd keep my powder dry at the moment just to see how they how they start the season. Obviously, it's a big change when a, a new manager or a new head coach, as it is, comes in and changes the way he wants the team to play. So it's just interesting to see how how quickly the players can adapt to that and if it can bring about positive results in the early part of the season. I think they've certainly got the talent to be able to do that. Um, just have to wait and see if they can put that into practice against what is going to be, as we said, a really strong league with uh, two Glasgow teams, two Edinburgh teams, Aberdeen, obviously the Derby, uh, the team across the road, yep. St Johnson have just won two cups. I mean, mm-hmm. this series gone to St Mirren have signed some good players. Hey, there we players. go. Come on. It's going to be a really good league. Yeah. Uh, George, you crawler. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that there. <laughs> Before we move on uh, and talk about Dundee, have we all seen the new Dundee United kits? Bear, have you seen them? Do you like them? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're asking the wrong man, do I like Dundee? I mean, I'm never a big fan of the Dundee United kit yeah. in general. But I, I, I saw it and uh, I, personally, I'm trying to be, you know, pretty unbiased here, but um, I don't think it's one of the best. I mean, it looks a wee bit like to me that it's, the, shirt, the, shirt, the shirt itself looks a little bit like a poor signal on your, on your TV. They remember uh. olden days, you used to have to go up and give it a bash. All these sort of squiggly lines and that across it, like you know. So I wouldn't say it's my favourite, Callum. And but you really need—that's uh, coming from a Dundee supporter. What else am I going to say? You know, you really need to get a, a, somebody with Dundee United <laughs> slant to see what they think. I'm sure they'll sell in big numbers, and and uh, we'll see it all next season when the, when the derby matches are on. All the all the people with the with the new tops. Absolutely, on, so. George. I liked your take on the uh, the away top and the. In the, in the group chat like someone had been doing a bit of decorating or something it, it does look a bit like a painter and decorators had, had quite a bad day with the tangerine paint it's uh, although there's a few strips like that the Atletico Madrid strip I just saw looks like somebody's just taking a big red paint brush up a, a white shirt um, so there's a few but I have to say I, I like the home kit though I like the the black on the on the mm-hmm. tangerine. I, I, yeah. I really like that top. I, I was the only one. It seemed in the chat that like that. I don't know what what your thoughts on it, Arcaldo, but no, I think I thought it was quite smart. Some of the, it was better than last season's one, at least. I, I, just, I, I don't know. I don't know. Before I even moved up here to start working here and and sort of working and following Dundee United, I always quite liked the the colours of Dundee United's home kit. I just think the black and tangerine just looks looks brilliant um, together. So mm-hmm. I, I I like the home one. I don't mind it. Um, but you know the the, the away one um, might take a bit of winning over. Supposedly it's it's modelled on um, a nineteen ninety four kit. Bear that, that yeah. Dundee United have a, a Jackson Pollock kit. It was yeah. a special kit that they did or something. Um, no, you're, before you're my asking, time, but do you remember that now? Callum, as I always say about kits, the kits come and go. You know, <laughs> and. Uh, some are good and some are not so good, but really, it's not really about the kit. It's about the the, the quality of the football that's inside go. the kit. That's all that's that really it. matters. Yep. So, there you Absolutely. Go. Okay, um, some quality football on show um, for Dundee in the last few weeks. So let's go on and talk about the Dark Blues. There is great pride in being a Scotland supporter. Win, lose or draw, the saltar flies, the songs are sung, the Hamden roar will be heard. But what was it like in the old days? The days of the huge crowds in the vast Hamden Bowl before it was all seated. If you're old enough, you'll remember. In our new book, 
We Had a Dream, Scotland Internationals in the Black and White Era, will remind you of those great days. If you're younger, this is the history. This is what the great days looked like. Those days are gone now, but these memories are also dearly held. There are photos in this book that will stir the dark blue heart. Photos of Bremner, Baxter, Law and Johnston in the days when they strode the hand and turf before crowds of 120 or 130,000 fans. If you remember those days, this book will take you back to those days. If you want to know what it means to be a Scotland supporter, then you'll need this book to show you, not just tell you, what it means to be a Scotland supporter. As one of our podcast listeners, you can get an exclusive 15% discount on We Had a Dream at dcthompsonshop.co.uk using the code DREAM15 at checkout. That's D-R-E-A-M-1-5 at the checkout of dcthompsonshop.co.uk. Check the episode notes for details and terms. Was like us. Yes, the D have had a great start um, to pre-season. Um, another 3-0 win for them, following up that 3-0 win at, at, at Forfar with another success over Leighton Orient at Dens Park. Um, this week, Tuesday night, you were there, George. Uh, Paul McGowan, Alex Jakubiak and Lee Ashcroft getting the goals. Um, impressed with uh, the performance from James McPake's team? Yeah, uh, all positive again. Another 3 0 win. Um, and yeah, they, they really got after Leighton Orient. Um, particularly Alex Kubiak. I've spoken a few times about him in recent weeks. That I, I thought he was really good in, in leading the line and, and pressing uh, really high. I spoke to Lee Ashcroft after the game and, and he mentioned that he made the defender's job a lot easier because the, the front guys were really getting after Leighton Orient. And Orient wasn't hugely impressed with them. I didn't see much uh, from them. Uh, but obviously they're at the start of their preseason, yeah. and Dundee kind of maybe took advantage of that. But Dundee haven't have only really what a couple of weeks in themselves. So um, goals were great as well. Right at the start of the first half, right at the start of the second half, McGowan's goals was class. Uh, Kubiak stole the ball off a defender, and McGowan just crawled it into the top corner. It was a beauty. And then it was good to see Kubiak uh, get his first goal. Although obviously not in competitive yeah. action, yeah. but. Uh, as was said with the United players, you want to see a striker scoring goals, so that, that was good. Um, I, th- I think I think they've had six different scorers now as well, which which is always positive. Um, and then Lee Ashcroft, as we always expect, scored a goal because that's what he does, despite being a centre back. <laughs> uh, can't stop him these days. Uh, but then he, he had I don't know if you've seen it or guys have seen it on the. Social media, the clearance he had after the after he'd scored, um, no. <laughs> Orient thought they'd, they'd got one back at three one, smashed smashed it towards the back of the net, beaten the keeper, brilliant, and Ashcroft got his big napper on it and <laughs> smashed it off the inside of his own post and out. Sounds like an exciting warm up game, but um, <laughs> Paul McGowan eh, doesn't score tap doesn't score tappings. I saw that on uh, the old social media on the old Twitter. Um, what a finish from him and. Uh, like you say, good to see Alex Jakubiak on the score sheet. Barry's he's a player that you, you think would, would be like sort of, it's a cliche, but like a new signing for Dundee next season if they can get him, get him going. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And he was he was talked up by James McPeak last season, Callum, but obviously never got the opportunity to, to, to witness that in the flesh. So, yeah, it really would be if, if you know, and he seems to have started quite nicely in the, in the pre-season game. So hopefully he can continue 
hopefully you can you can get a, a run of games and avoid injury. Obviously, when you've been out for a long time, the big fear is that you pick up. Sometimes players come back and they can pick up wee niggly injuries that are not as serious, but they can they can hinder your progress. You know and. He really needs a, a run of games in the team. So he's got off to a flying start. Don't they seem to have continued uh, where they left off last season? I mean, clean sheets and scoring <laughs> goals. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a recipe for only one thing, success. <laughs> they seem to have that, you know, and, and it's uh, as good as seeing long, mate, it continue. I mean, but as well as Jacoby, like you see, you've got the, you know, the, I see Ashcroft's back on the score sheet with Charlie Adam Cross. Uh, that's mm-hmm. Ashcroft-Adam combo. Sounds like someone you should get in five guys <laughs> with, with a diet coat, but... Uh, <laughs> no, it's good. It's 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 good to see. I mean, the the the, the season just seems to have, it doesn't seem to be that big a break. And I said that at the time. If, if Dundee could have just continued after that cup win at Rugby Park that night, you know, it would have been great. I'm sure they would have picked up quite a few points. But because the break has been so short, there seems to have still be that sort mm-hmm. of feel good factor at Dens, and and you can never sort of you can never sort of legislate for how good that is. You know, within a team, they all seem to be quite happy you know I mean a couple of results and a couple of reverses can, can certainly dent that but you know things seem to be going along nicely for James McPake and uh, he'll be quite chuffed the way things have started Callum yep uh, fans back in the stadium again obviously we, we've seen that before with, with Dundee a couple of times already but great to see and they're going to be there again on Friday afternoon Dundee also in action it's not cup games for them yet but it's a nice glamour pre-season friendly George West Ham United coming to the city of discovery what kind of team are we expecting from from West Ham, I don't think it's going to be all their kind of Euro stars, but no. there's some there's some big names in there, and you're still expecting to, to come up and play, and it'll be a, a tough test for for Dundee. Yeah, it's going to be a good watch, I think. Obviously, Dundee are full of confidence; they, they're ahead of uh, West Ham's schedule in terms of the, when their competitive action starts. So, I think it should be a really good contest. Obviously, West Ham finished sixth in the Premier League last season, so they're a very tidy outfit. Um, but just I have a look at a few of the photos of, of the West Ham players running about on the beach in St Andrews and stuff there. Obviously, yeah. had their training camp there with not the difficulties going abroad at the moment. It's good to see big clubs uh, kind of using coming up to Scotland and using the facilities we've got up here because we've got some really good ones, particularly St Andrews. Um, but no, there's mm-hmm. guys like Martin Ovals there, Mikel Antonio, uh, Manuel Lanzini. So there's some serious talent mm-hmm. uh, I would expect to be on the pitch. Absolutely. Yep. Um, Really interesting to see how Dundee kind of go about things and cope with that uh, and then set themselves up for the, the cup matches next week. Yep, obviously that all kicks off with Brora Rangers coming to Dens next Tuesday. That'll be Dundee's first test. Obviously gave them a very good game um, last season. And was it the Scottish Cup they played last season? Am I right in saying that? No, it was the uh, it was the very first game of the season last season. In the, in ah, the, so it was, yeah. It was the, the same. Bedford, it was, as it was. Bonnie Rigg. Yeah. Bonnie Rigg in the Scottish Cup gave them a game, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. That's the one, yeah, played them in the Betfred. But no, Brora, a decent team. That'll be an interesting one. A um, little bit of Dundee-related transfer news to round up. George, looks like you've been a busy man this week trying to keep a track of everything. But a <laughs> um, couple of players um, formerly of the club getting new clubs. Uh, Jack Hamilton, former goalkeeper, only recently just left Dens Park. He's joined Morton. Um, good luck with that one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Stephen Colker has got his big money move. Stephen Colker's got his big money move to Fenerbahce, so it's great to see for him. Obviously, a guy who's had some, um, you know, I don't want to say problems, but he's had some struggles off the pitch with with um, addiction and his mental health and things like that. So it's good to see him on his feet playing for a huge club in Fenerbahce. Yeah, and he, 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 he's kind of he's talked about his um, the problems he's had off the pitch and, and alcohol and 
and depression and things like mm. that. So it seems like he's, he's really straightened himself out in Turkey or it's really helped him uh, in that side of things. And obviously, with the, we saw the talent he had. He didn't always show it at Dundee, but you could see he, when he was on it, he was too good for the, the Scottish uh, Premiership. I remember his debut at Kilmarnock and he he was just a, a man mountain. Mm. He, he scored that night and I thought he could probably get double figures between, I, th- I think it was January at that point, between the, then and the end of the season, he was—he looked that imposing in the in, in the box at both ends. Um, so obviously we knew the talent was there, but it seems like Turkey's been a really good move for him. And he, I was watching the Fenerbahce uh, TV stuff, and he's speaking Turkish, which tells oh, you that yeah. he's, he's really enjoying it. Unbelievable! I know you, you kind of expect Brits going abroad to just sit there and speak English, and, and or maybe that's just Gareth Bale. I don't know. But. <laughs> Um, no, Kolkos seems to really buy into things, and it's that's a big club, uh, Turkey's uh, most successful club. So, uh, good move for him, and really pleased. That I think Jack Hamilton might be a decent move to to Mon. Uh, not your favourite team, no. obviously. Caldo, but he'll get a regular game Absolutely. there, and hopefully he can he can show what he can do there. Absolutely, all the best um, to them too as well. Graham Dorns is another former dark blue. He's a free agent now after leaving Western Sydney Wanderers. He's on his way back to Scotland from Australia. Obviously, can he handle the heat down there? Um, coming back to dreary Scotland to, to find uh, a new club, whether he'll end up at Dundee, I don't know. Obviously, he's got a relationship with James McPake, doesn't he? Quite a close friendship as well um, from their time playing together and uh, working together in football. So um, it's one to keep an eye on. Definitely, um, Killian Sheridan, he's another one who certainly Dundee have an interest in. He's in on trial at the moment. Um, former St Johnston, he's played for you know clubs in near enough every country in Europe, George. But he's a <laughs> yeah. he, he's a man that you know certainly Dundee are maybe looking for another striker. So you know it's a different type to what they have. He's a he's a big target man. Um, certainly one to to, to keep an eye on. Uh, he's been around. Uh, he's he's uh, stick a finger in the map of Europe, and he's probably played <laughs> there. Uh, yeah, I think he's he's the kind of player they're looking for. Uh, somebody with a, a bit of physical preven- presence, but also a bit of quality mm-hmm. as well. It's, he's shown across his career. I mean, I was having a look at his, his time at, in Cyprus. He played in the Champions League group stages, started in the new camp against Neymar and Messi, mm-hmm. so, uh, and played against PSG, up against Thiago Silva and David Luiz. So he's, he's certainly played some big, big games in his time. Um, and I... I yeah, I, I think providing he, he he can show in the, in the time at the club that he's not completely lost that. Uh, I think the club, are, James and Pete said he was being cautious and just having a look and making sure uh, he can come in and affect things in the Premiership, which is very sensible kind of way to go about it. Obviously, Dave McKay knows him from St Johnston. They, they know what they're getting in terms of the the personality and the quality they've got, I think they're just making sure that uh, they don't jump the gun uh, and bring in somebody that can't can't do the job they're looking for. So I, I think, yeah, I would watch the space. Corey Panter's also still on trial. That I think mm-hmm. they like him yeah. at Dundee. Yeah. Um, he's he's started quite well. useful uh, positions to cover that they maybe need some cover at left back and and centre back. Um, yeah, so I, I think, and he also said he's looking at other other places, uh, parts of the, the squad to strengthen as well. So I think there might be two or three coming in between now and the end of January. It's still a fair bit. 
Yeah, it's good to know that Killian Sheridan's played against the likes of um, Neymar and Messi. He's not going to be overawed by Paul McGowan and Sean Byrne and Charlie Adam then, is he? So that's good <laughs> Good to know. He's going to come in with a nice level head. He's not going to get starstruck or anything, so that's good. A um, couple of other things in, in the transfer market as well. Youngsters, um, Danny and Luke Strachan have got new one-year deals um, at Dens Park. And Danny, who is not Gordon Strachan's son, well, he's not his son. He's not his grandson either. <laughs> he's away. He's away to Peterhead. He's uh, joining his mates up at the Dark Blue Tune, as we've now christened them. Um, that's uh, who else is up there? We've got Josh Milligan up there, don't we? And uh, somebody else. Somebody else. Lyle Cameron's there as well, isn't he? So it's it's quite a wee contingent up there. Good for them to go out and get experience at that level. Yeah, yeah. And they're going to a good manager up there in Jim McNally, a former Dundee player, of course, as well, although he's more well known for his time at Tannadice. Um yeah, it's good for them. As I say, they'll get competitive football and hopefully come back and be knocking at the door, whether that's at Christmas time or at the start of next season. But that's what you've got to do. That's what you've got to do um, to get yourself... You should be thinking, you know, you're not going up there to sort of just kill a bit of time. You're going up there to, to improve yourself and, and to become a better player. And Jim McAnally will do that and you'll get opportunities, obviously. Um, Dundee have got a, a, a quite a big squad you touched on Um we were talking about Graham Dorans a wee bit earlier, and whether no. you know, I just don't see how that fits in. But I know, I know he's a friend of, and I don't even know that has been spoken about George at, at Dens whether he would end up back. But where does where does Graham Dorans fit into the picture? You know, I just I just don't see it. It's not it's not a player. Killian Sheridan's a different kettle of fish. You did a bit <laughs> more research on him than me, George. I just saw the pictures uh, that we've seen in the in the press, and I never realised just how big he was you know he's a big big unit so that's for me that's that's certainly the sort of stature of player we're looking for it's whether Killian's heads on it but that's the good thing is as you say Dave McKay has a you know the inside track on Killian so yeah I'll be interested to see where that one goes over the next sort of week and a half 10 days sort of things just to, to see if I've done the take it for, further on but uh, yeah we'll keep an eye on the blue tune uh, this year the Dundee Colts as we'll call them um, just to see how, the, how they're doing um, and you know it's, it's it's important that these guys take the opportunity to, to improve their lot and and you know come back better players for and, and give James McPake a headache that's, that's the most important thing to do when you're, when you're up there Well you say Dundee Colts it's interesting because Dundee's actual Colt team or, or Dundee B as, as they're, they're getting called in this have, have um, been drawn against Peterhead in the first round of the SPFL Trust Trophy which is the, the Challenge Cup that's interesting. Yeah, dude. That was like that just ha- yep. that was like that just happened by magic. Yeah, there, Colin. We just seamless, uh, absolutely seamless. But, that, yeah. uh, so that's going to be like we were talking about it uh, <laughs> last night on on Twitter. George about me. It's like Dundee B against Dundee C or the yeah. McPakes against the McFakes. It's um, it's, it's an interesting one. <laughs> um, and that could then, if if Dundee do manage to get through, um, that clash could then set up a taste derby against St Johnston B in the second round. So all the big glamour ties covered here on Twat Teams 1 Street for you there. Um, certainly have you interesting wee subplot there, though, with the kids going up against each other. Um, elsewhere at Dens, legend, absolute club legend, goalkeeping coach Bobby Geddes, obviously former Dundee number one as well. He's he's left the club after a total of 26 years of service to the Dark Blues. I think it covers like four or five decades, that, that amount of service. Um, he's been replaced by... Former Dundee United man Alan Combe actually is the the goalkeeping coach. Um, Bear just a a word on Bobby Geddes and his his service to yeah. to Dundee. Obviously, someone you've you've grown up watching over the yeah, years. Yeah, has been a terrific servant coming in. I remember going up to and, and he when he first got the gloves in the sort of early eighties and he took over from a, a top goalkeeper in Ali Donaldson. 
and he was fantastic, Bobby Gerrish. You know, he, real, real quality keeper. Um, had a couple of a couple of injuries along the way, which which stalled him a bit. But he's, you know, real, real top goalkeeper. Um, and, and to play as many games for Dundee as he did, you know, proves that because Dundee had some some real good guys who were in there at the time. But Bobby managed to keep his place in the team. Or, and, and we all call him Boy, but Denji was known as Rab Gerrish. You know, it's one of these ones where that was his, that was his title sort of thing. Um, so yeah, it was a bit of a shock, Calm. I've got to say because it, it came out of the blue. I mean, it wasn't as if it was. Uh, uh, you know, you, you think these things it might have been discussed at the end of the season, and it would have all been done. But it just seemed to be that you know that he wasn't there at the start of the the new campaign, and and, and he'd gone and. Mm. You know, whether Bobby said, we don't know the background to it, whether Bobby said, I think to himself, he's in his 60s now, does he really want to be going out and, you know, warming up the goalkeepers <laughs> on a Wednesday night, regardless if it's in the SBA? I mean, he's, he's, he's been there, done that, got the t-shirt, hasn't he? But in terms of a service to the club, you know, that that that's just phenomenal. You know, phenomenal time to, you know, to, to be at, at one at one club. And a thoroughly nice guy as well. I mean, I, I, and to be honest, I never really had many dealings with him when, when I was up there. And doing a bit of the report, and I spoke more to him. I think when he was at Carnoustie, and he was success, uh, the Carnoustie Premier Juniors, and he was successful there as well. He led them to the Scottish Junior Cup and victory in that. So, yeah, but it's it's uh, a bit of a shock. But uh, uh, he's you make your your mind up in, in life. It's sometimes it's time just to just to call a halt. And he's been a, a thoroughly honourable guy and a, a real top servant at Dundee, Dundee Football Club. And you know, wishing well in his retirement. Yep, sure, certainly wish him all the best. Um, everyone here at Twa Teams One Street for for whatever he goes on and does next. Probably putting his feet up, which is um, well deserved by the sounds of it. After the career he's had and the the age he's at now, um, Dundee going in a, a different direction now, getting Alan Coleman, but certainly someone who's um, you know worked at some some good clubs down the years, and I'm, I'm sure he'll. Um, I'll say he'll be good for training Dundee's stable of goalkeepers, but it's just Adam Langston's at the moment. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> um, hopefully. Maybe getting Coleman will maybe see them bring in um, another goalkeeper or, or two to, to sort of contest with Langston's. Callum, can I just jump in on, on Alan, Alan Coleman? I mean, obviously his appointment came as a wee bit of a surprise as well. Yeah. To, I mean, yeah. he's got he's got previous, obviously, being the Dundee United goalkeeper, mm. which sometimes doesn't go doing too well with Dundee fans. But I would say, come on, lads, let's let's give this guy a, a chance. Like you say, I mean, he, he has been a goalkeeper um a professional goalkeeper for a long, long time, and he's been a coach now mm. for for a fair bit mm. of time. So, you know, I, I hope we don't get too many sort of stupid shouts from the from the fans <laughs> when we do eventually get fans back into the ground over over Alan Alan Coombe. He's a Dundee FC employee now, and uh, he'll be doing his very best for the club this season. You're saying that, Bear, but I'm going to be looking out first game back at Dens, looking out for you shouting at him. Come, you're useless. <laughs> yeah, dirty. Actually, you know what, <laughs> Alan. Alan uh, Alan Combe has got broad enough shoulders to, to take a bit of the stick and take it in, in good heart, but it's, it's when it gets nasty, you, you don't want to see that. And I, hope, I don't think it will come to that, but uh, you know, you sometimes never know with, with, with some supporters. But uh, yeah, he's as I say, he's a Dundee employee now, and he'll be doing his very best for the club and for the goalkeepers at the club to improve their lot as well. Okay, we're talking about a former Dundee United player here, so that's a perfect segue into the next section of the show. Yes, last week we asked you to pick a past Dundee or Dundee United player to join the current squad. Just any reason, player you think would improve the team, um, player you think would be funny for them to be in the current squad, um, any reason at all. And and uh, if you sent that in to us via the Twa Teams One Street fan line or on Twitter, you were in with a chance of winning a Twa Teams One Street mug. How exciting having your tea in the morning with 
a mug with our faces emblazoned on it, I think. I don't know. I've not seen the design yet. Hopefully not for, for your sake. Um, we had some absolutely brilliant entries. We're going to go through some of our kind of favourites um, soon. But we do have a winner and it is from a Dundee United fan, Barry Dewar. His entry was Davy Neri for us and Arvid Schenk for them. Um, we all know we like a wee bit of banner <laughs> on the street here. Um, and we had something similar from a Dundee fan who said, uh, Graham Smith, sorry, he said, George and Nimzadze for us and Mvondo Atangana, I think I pronounced that right, the offside king for them. So it was a it was a real toss-up between those two. We like those two and we've just, we've plumped for, for Barry, Davy Neri. What a fantastic footballer he was. Dundee United's um, all-time appearance record holder. He won, what, four trophies, three, four trophies at, uh, at United, um, you know, played multiple games for Scotland. Fantastic player, uh, Arvid Schenk. Bear, less said about him the better, probably. Oh, um, I was there, Callum. I was there, and uh, yeah, you're writing off the less said about that game the better. <laughs> so, uh, congratulations to to Barry. Um, we'll be we'll be in touch. We've got your details on Twitter, and we'll arrange um, to getting that mug out to you can, as soon as we've Callum, got it. Can I just say about? Uh, let's jump in on Barry. I said Davy Neary. Uh, you know, I think it's it's, it's thoroughly deserved. If there's one man and a Dundonian who has stood out like a sore thumb, thumb um, in this city for, for quality. It is, it is Davy Neary, so yeah, I would, I, would, I would agree with that, yeah, in terms of sort of plucking him from the past, it would be great to see him playing again. He was just so smooth. He was just, he was a Rolls Royce, Davy Neary, in that back line the way he glided across there. Never, ever, never, ever see him getting getting flustered. Had pace, had skill, you know, popped up with the keys, no yeah, goal for yeah. Scotland, <laughs> I've got to say, at one time. Um Against Brazil, and actually, I'll tell go back. I'll tell you a wee story about that that game. So, uh, but we're going off on a tangent here, but it's a good story. It was in the the D Club uh, way back in nineteen eighty two, and that game was on Brazil against Scotland. And the HUD, it was one of these the D Club had purchased one of these big screen TVs. It looked big. It was probably only about thirty two <laughs> yeah. inches or something at the time, you know. And and the room was full of about maybe about a hundred and fifty men, you know, Scotland fans, and, and and you know we're watching the game, and Davy Neri as Jimmy Hill called it, a toe poke, lashes it into the corner, you know, top corner against Brazil, and Scotland are in front, and the place erupts, and there's tables and chairs, as you can imagine, everywhere. And this guy came charging through from another room, and he, he got on the mic and said, can you all get back into your seats and, and be quiet? The bingo's on next door. You know, like, oh, come on. Scotland have just scored against Brazil. That's a Kobe mentality for you. The bingo's... The bingo is sort of all in, you know. You just kind of don't disturb the bingo, whatever happens. Eh? But now, nah, Davy Neri, uh, he's he's just been probably the number one player of Dundee in the last forty or fifty years. Absolutely, yep, well deserved. Um, good shout from Barry. We've got a few others here. I'm just going to read out a couple of them. I gave you that one there from from Graham George and Mzadzi, of course. Um, fantastic. I mean, I think you mentioned it last last week, Barry. It would have been easy for you to go. Yeah, I think you ended up picking. Yeah. Uh, was it Billy Perry you ended up picking in the end? Is that right? Billy Perry, yeah. Yeah, but you could have easily picked a guy from that era. George and Mzadze would have been one right up there. Um, yeah. Certainly. Quality. Top quality player. Um, Dundee United fans here. Uh, Liam Ritchie, he is saying Paul Payton. Um, good servant to Dundee United in the sort of um, mid-2010s. Good player uh, in midfield. Uh, James Sunderland, who is a Dundee fan, Julian Spironi, um, don't care if he's 40 plus, what a keeper, so he'd actually be expecting Julian to play, um, <laughs> he did mention that Dundee need a goalkeeper, so um, that'd be an interesting one, um, again, top quality, yeah. top quality keeper, gone on, had a great career, Crystal Palace and 
um, you know, um, f- fantastic servant to that club. Um, and we also had uh, a regular listener, someone who's in touch with George and I quite a bit on Twitter, uh, Logan Owl at Lowell, Owl, Owl, <laughs> Owl Logan. <laughs> Don't know if that's his real name, Owl. Um, he has said purely to give um, at the Cranio, which is George's Twitter handle, and at Callum Widger, an even bigger headache for every match report. I'd go for XDs, Jamie McGowan, and Ryan McGowan, and Craig <laughs> McKeown, and Gary McKeown. Um, that is, of course, um, poking, poking fun at Paul McMullen, Luke McCowan, and Paul McGowan. So yeah. that would be an absolute nightmare, I yeah. have to say. And Danny Mullen um, as well. Danny yeah, Mullen. and Danny Mullen. I forgot about Danny Mullen. How could I forget? <laughs> Something legend. Um, we also had quite a few people saying Glenn Kamara and, and Greg Stewart, George, obviously players you'd have seen in your time covering the the, the Dark Blues. Um, top quality talents again. Obviously guys who are still yeah. playing at a good level. And obviously Greg Stewart is a free agent at the moment. Which is, yeah, a, uh, genu- a genuine actual contender. Possible, yeah. 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 I don't know, I, I get the feeling he's going to be getting some decent contract offers from from a few places, but you never know uh, what might happen in the future. But uh, And Glenn Kamara is... That almost had me drooling, I think, sticking him in that midfield with likes of Charlie Adam and Sean Byrne and Max Anderson. I, I don't know how many midfielders you can come on, I wouldn't get a game. Ball. Oh, come on. Clint Kamara wouldn't he- get a game. He'd be right doing the pecking order. <laughs> yeah. Who are you, Jim McIntyre? <laughs> 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 we, we could send him, we could, we could take Glenn on and send him up to Balmuir. Give, give him a go up there for, for three or three or four months. There only would be an eye opener for him. Eh? Um, it's, it's cold in Finland, but I think it's even colder up at Peterhead yeah. when you're playing. So, um, <laughs> We have also had um, a fan call in. Um, we thought, and we don't really get a lot of people, to be honest with you, I'll level with you here, we don't get a lot of people forward in the fan line. Um, we get even less people texting um, the Twa Teams One Street fan line. Unfortunately, I mean, we were looking for entries for this competition and um, this person who, who um, messaged the fan line, we just wanted to talk about um, Dundee, which is fine. It's great. We'll, we're going we're gonna to play a wee bit of it soon. We're going to have a wee chat about what they're saying, but um, it, it's, it's, um, it's not the best thing to do to text the fan line because it comes out with a, a wee <laughs> robot speaking. Um <laughs> rather than your actual voice if you text it. So in future, people, if you're going to phone the Twa Teams One Street fan line, which is 01382-575-520, about anything we're talking about in the show, about anything to do with the two teams, phone us and talk to us. We're not going to bite. It's just a it's just a voicemail message. Um, leave a little message and we'll play it on the show. But but George is going to take it from here. I believe you've got a wee clip from that robot talking about Dundee, <laughs> and we're going to have a wee chat about what um, yeah. it's saying. Uh, yeah, we very much obviously appreciate a bit of input and a bit of interaction. Uh, unfortunately, we don't really have the technology to deal with text messages because obviously they're far too futuristic for Twa Teams One Street. Um, but no, I, I had a listen uh, and I'll let listeners have a, have a listen as long as it doesn't hurt their hurt their ears too much. But I think it's from, sounds like it's from Luke Newman, I think. Uh, but if... Uh, Producer uh, Morvan could maybe just play the, the message now. People can hear a wee bit of it when the, the Dundee robot speaks. The DFC. May the 50. We need to hold a player and someone who has scored goals at Prem level and he is a dirty player and that's what Dundee needs. Corey Panther. Already on trial but we need back at the Marshall. Only on loan. Is that 
No, no, we're not. We're not poking fun. Obviously, look how I think it is. is we very much appreciate and um, said it in the message. It's just obviously the the technology has made it uh, a bit strange. Uh, Have you ever seen that Disney movie Wally? Yeah, That's what it's, it's like. It's like that. She bit. had a a northern a northern English accent for some reason. I don't know why. Corey uh, Panther. I was trying to figure out where from. Yeah, uh, but no, I had a, I had a good listen to it. Uh, and I, I think. Luke was talking about Chiffy initially. Uh, obviously, Dundee were having a look at what Chiffy's future prospects might be. Uh, but I'm basically saying that Dundee need a, a hold-up player. Somebody who's scored goals at Prem level. More importantly, is a dirty player, and Dundee <coughs> needs a dirty player. Which I think, I think we all appreciate that we we all want our dirty player in, in our own team to noise up the opposition. Um, we bit chat and Corey Panter. As backup for Marshall and maybe a goalie. Uh, you mentioned that Rangers have three good goalies: McGregor, McLaughlin, and McGrory, and maybe one of them mm. on loan. McGrory, I'm sure, might be available. Uh, he also actually mentioned about United. He said, "I think he said he was a Dundee fan, but he suggested that United go for Kieran Westwood uh, to replace Seagrest. I think he's a free agent after leaving his club down south. Although I imagine his wage." Wages last season will have been pretty high, so it's maybe not. He although Dundee fans have kind of linked him with, with their own club because he used to play with. You know, well, that's what I was going to say. He's not at Coventry. And yeah, they played at Coventry. Yeah. Aye, but Westwood's a free agent and they're looking for a club, so he's obviously a good keeper. Mm-hmm. I think his his wage demands may be quite high as well. But uh, no, uh, and look if that's uh, if that's actually if I've heard that right. Um, I think he mentioned Lewis Mayo as well, mm. which I thought was an interesting one. Can play centre back, left back, uh, central midfield. Uh, might be a good addition for United if they're looking for that type of player. Uh, but no, very much appreciate Luke or Robot uh, Luke for getting in touch. And and uh, you can phone us next time, or, or maybe you, we'll get an email at sport at eveningtelegraph.co.uk. We'll get those emails if people don't particularly want to talk on the, on the phone goods. Uh, and tell us what you think. Absolutely, just harass us um, on that email address right. that George read out on the fan line, which is zero one three eight two five seven five five two zero, or on Twitter at Telly underscore Sport. On our personal Twitters, just search for us. We're we're, we're very um, recognisable. Bear's not on Twitter. It's too dangerous for Bear to get Twitter with some of the things Absolutely. he sends into the group chat. So. Um, can't be letting that, that loose on the world but the company take no chances <laughs> no they don't got a reputation so I, I don't know what kind of reputation but there is a reputation to be upheld so um, but no thank you everyone who got involved in the competition thank you for Luke for phoning in and, and giving us um, something to talk about there interesting and Barry Barry Dewar the competition winner we will be in touch um, with your mug two teams one street the other mug obviously you've, we've got three on the show here, you'll have the fourth one at home, so that's something um, to to cherish, to to drink out of in pride in the morning. Just don't you know, don't abuse it or anything. You know, I, I know you maybe don't like us, you maybe think we're a bunch of jobbers, which we are, but you know, just use it properly, use it properly, please. Um, anyway, thank you all for listening. I don't know what I'm talking about here. Um, <laughs> we'll be back that's no change, next week with another episode of Two Teams One Street. No competitions this time. This is enough. Carry on for me, um, and we'll see you there. Goodbye. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. 
All that really helps people find twa teams one street and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the Tilly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tannadice or go to thetilly.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door. <laughs>